This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You got me, Kevin Aglin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassick, and Alec Medford are rocking with us today. And it is Cowboys-Eagles week. I'm sure you're aware of that, Corey. And on Friday, when we do Buffalo Wild Wings in Bedford, Miller Lite will be giving away a pair of tickets to the Cowboys-Eagles game. What? Are you kidding me right now? So you have an opportunity to do that. And then in the noon o'clock hour today, we will have our Dallas Cowboys practice suite giveaway. I just want to tell you, Kevin, practice on the experience. practice suite giveaway, that's amazing. You get to be at practice and practice with the Cowboys. You get to put your helmet on and get out there on the field. I don't think that part is right. You can ask. They might say no. You can ask. You, you'll be in the position sure. to ask. That's a thing. That's fair. Uh, so that's awesome. Nobody else can give you that kind of experience, and that's what's really cool right there. Kevin, but for the Cowboys-Eagles games, who draws those names? We do. I do. And guess what else? Who's going to be the first one to put their name in there? Not you. Uh, why not? You can't win. I can't win Cowboys-Eagles tickets? No. Why not? You're an employee of the company. So somebody Although I else guess out Miller Lite is giving them away, so that's an interesting gray area. <laughs> so somebody in Bedford can win, is going to win these yeah, tickets. Or somebody who makes their way to Bedford. All right. Let's, uh, let's see it, Bedford, or other people around Bedford. There you go. All right. So we're leading into Cowboys-Eagles, and what I really wanted to talk about is the vulnerabilities shown by the Eagles defense in the past three weeks. Like, essentially, since the last time they played the Cowboys. And here's a great example. If we can fire off cut number one, this is kind of what I'm talking about right here. Elijah Mitchell in the game for the first time in the backfield today. Fake it to him. It's Samuel on the end around. Has a block. Samuel sprinting towards the end zone, and he's in. Touchdown, San Francisco. Now, I, I don't want you to think, well, it was against the 49ers. The 49ers crush everyone, so I don't buy into that. All of that is fair because the 49ers crushed us. They crushed the Eagles. They look unbelievable. But the struggles for the Eagles' defense actually go back to the last three weeks. So, essentially, since the last time they played the Cowboys. Now, check it out. It goes like this. The Eagles had given up 21.7 points per game in their first nine games. Okay. All right, good job. Proud of you. Last three games, 31 points a game. Okay. We talked yesterday about, and this is where the issue is. It's two things, run defense and third down defense that is absolutely crushing the Eagles defense. So the run defense going into their bye had not given up more than 107 yards in a game. They had the number one rush deep run defense in all of the NFL at one point. Since then, they have given up at least 146 yards rushing in every single game. To take that one step further, because you might be like, well, 
maybe those teams just ran the ball a lot. No. The last three weeks, every team has averaged at least 5.2 yards per carry against the Eagles' run defense. Mm. So their run defense has really fallen off the last three particular weeks. So I wanted to bring that to the table first and then ask if you think the Cowboys can take advantage of that. Uh, I do if they commit to that mentality. Here's, the, here's my problem with the Cowboys right now. I need to see them be a bully this season. I've seen them make some of the best finesse plays offensively and defensively this year, but I have not seen that moment where they said, we're just going to line up against you and beat you. And Kevin, we go back to the first time Sean Sharif ever called me a homer was the day the Cowboys uh, beat the Seattle Seahawks. And they did it the way that they knew how to. And that was, we're going to line up against you and we're going to beat you and make you try and beat us with our run game. Like, we're going to run against you. Good luck stopping it. And I was right that day. And I didn't get any, hey, you were right, not a homer in that instance because whatever. Anyway, big deal. They they have not had that moment where they've just lined up and said, we're going to defeat you today. Uh, over the last six weeks, it's been fat, bad for the Eagles, Kevin. Like even, The last six weeks have been very rough for them. They're giving up, you said 31, 29 points a game, 435 total yards a game. The They're next to last in each of the categories, yards per game and passing yards per game. And in NFL history, they're only the fifth team to allow 2,000 net yards and 1,500 passing yards and 15 uh, passing touchdowns and four eight yards per carry in any oh, five-game span. So this is a bad time for the Philadelphia Eagles defense. And what is it? You have a young couple of guys up in the middle and Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, right, trying to do that, taking on more snaps in the NFL than they've ever taken on before. And then on the backside, you have a bunch of guys that are trying to figure out what their jobs are. And maybe at some point they'll be good, but right now they're not the elite secondary that we thought they were last year. There are a lot of young players that have to grow up here. And that's what, that's what they're kind of stuck with because of injuries and it put them in this situation. And a couple of people brought up and I understand this, is that's why they got Darius Leonard. And that is true. Is Darius Leonard is going to join Dak Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow, Christian Ellis, another person to add to the linebacking room that has been spiraling. Now, my question for everybody then is this. How quickly is he going to make an impact? Like, I, I realize he could be ready to go and ready to play, but... He just signed as well. Do you think he's going to be ready to play a lot on Sunday? No. Okay. I, I just be, and I, I will say that Sirianni has the familiarity with him, that he knows what he can and can't do. He knows him enough there. But I don't think that they're going to be able to just say, all right, you got to go be that playmaker today, and his instincts are just going to say, oh, these are the right gaps to fill, and this is where I make my big plays. And I think there's an opportunity for Dak Prescott to really take advantage of that in the passing game or even in the running game if they decide that's where they're going to go. But I really do think, Kevin, it has a lot more to do with their secondary not being able to stop people than it does necessarily their run their run defense being Ooh, inept. Yeah, I, I definitely disagree with that. I think the numbers bear out that that is not accurate, but that is just my opinion. You think Keely, Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks are James Bradbury and Darius Slay? No. Yeah, but, maybe they can replace them at some point. Yeah. But that's not necessarily where it is right now. Is... The other issue that you run into is the third down aspect of it. Is can't get off the field on third exactly. down. You can't get off the field. 
They are horrendous third down defensively. The NFL average, what do you think the NFL average is for a team converting a third down? Um, Like percentage, percentage right wise? Yeah. Uh, 65%. 40%. 37%. That's, whoa. 65%. Well, yeah, could be a lot more scoring. Think about New England. They're probably 0% for the year. I I will I, the Jets I know are really bad at this as well. Now that I think about it, I think the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz was like seventy five percent conversion rate until he got hurt, and it was just outstanding how good they were. No wonder it. he was going to win yeah. MVP. That makes sense to me. So thirty seven point two percent in the Eagles' last three games, they give up a first down on third down fifty eight percent of the time, and I know. Some people have said they don't believe that the Cowboys' rushing attack can take advantage of the slide from the Eagles' run defense. All right, well, here is something that should be greatly in the Cowboys' favor. Cowboys are second this season in third-down conversion rate, and in the last three games, 52.5%. So people will say you're, you know, strength versus strength. This is straight-up strength versus weakness. Mm -hmm. Is The Cowboys have been one of the elite teams in the NFL at converting on third down. And where do the Eagles sit right now? They have been trash, trash, trash when it comes to getting off the field on third down. So then my next question is, if you don't think the run can take advantage of it, do you think that the Cowboys in general can take advantage of the Eagles on third down? Yes, I'm expecting the Cowboys to score over 30 points. So if if I'm expecting okay. the Cowboys to score somewhere between 31 and 37 points, I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win 34 to 27. I'm giving it right now. Uh, then I'm expecting them to take advantage of quite a bit of things against the Philadelphia Eagles. I do expect the Cowboys to pass the ball better than run the ball. Okay. I'm not saying they can't run the ball or won't run the ball. But I do think Dak is right now playing the best football of his life. CeeDee Lamb is playing the best football of his life. I do expect those two guys to have very good games and overall the Cowboys to have a good game passing the ball. This might be a topic for another day, but you say Dak is playing the best football of his life and CeeDee Lamb is playing the best football of his life. Do you think this will forever be the best football Dak plays? And do you think this will forever be the best football CeeDee Lamb plays? I don't. I think both? Uh, I think that uh, uh, with both. I think that Dak, if he plays at this level consistent, consistently and continues to beat good opponents, I think he can. it may have clicked with this season with Mike McCarthy. I go back to, I, I'm very serious about this. Kellen Moore, while he knew good plays, there are things he just didn't understand. When I talk to Mike about pitching and baseball, Mike teaches me things that I just did not know because he lived the game. McCarthy's lived the game longer than Kellen Moore has. And you know that old, hey, I got more of this in my little pinky than you do in this? That's that's where Mike McCarthy lives with that right now. And I think he's making Dak Prescott better by showing him small things that he could have done differently that will continue to drive or serve the bigger purpose of the team rather than that moment that he's living in. And I think he's going to be better because of it. CeeDee Lamb, they're, they're going to be teamed up together, and I think they might find it an even better groove next year. Yeah, I think CeeDee Lamb has another six years of prime. And then for Dak, as long as he's healthy, and, I mean, he'll play, right? I mean, sometimes you have a hip thing or a knee thing or whatever, and you'll play through it, and that can – 
bring your level of play down. But I'm with Corey. As long as Dak, let's say the next three years, is completely healthy, as far as we know, Dak is dealing with nothing. There's no wrist or elbow or knee or hip. He is completely healthy 11 games uh, through a season, or sorry, 12 games through a season. So I think as long as he's completely healthy, he will play at this level. Now, it's going to be interesting. Philadelphia, Buffalo, you know, these teams can put up the same numbers that you can put up. So I don't think in the next three games and in Miami too, I don't think you're going to get you're up 28 to 13 going into the fourth quarter or early on in the fourth quarter, you're up by two plus scores. So it's going to be interesting to see if Dak, I think in these next three games, possibly even four, there's going to be a matching happening. Uh, I, I think the defense, the Cowboys, I'm predicting they're going to give up 27 points. That's not a good game. It's not a horrible game, but it's not a good game. So I'm predicting that Dak in these next four games kind of is going to have to have these MVP-like games to win all four. From the 817, how would you guys call this game offensively? Personally, I want to keep the ball in Dak's hands because he's hot right now, even if the matchups dictate otherwise. And I think there are lots of, I think right now, Kevin, from what you've seen from the Cowboys this season, now you've probably gotten the full uh binder of a lot of what they can do and that is except for they you would love to see a better running game like more explosive runs but you know they can play a short game and now you're also seeing that they can push the ball downfield as well those two things complement each other whenever you have a defense that decides okay we're going to stay back on you all right well we're just going to pick you apart underneath well now we're going to come up on you because you're trying to pick now we can beat you deep so the Cowboys have that full full uh, Rolodex now to go to. So I agree with them. I think keep the ball in Dak's hands for this game for sure and use the run uh, whenever you see that we have something big that we can open up here. And that could really change the way the Philadelphia Eagles look at the Cowboys this week. The KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's do some NFL overreaction or reality right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here comes a blitz from Washington. 
trying to get to Tua. One-on-one. Hill, he found it. He's gone. Another long touchdown for Tyreek. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan right now. It's time for NFL overreaction or reality. We will start with this. Tyreek Hill will reach 2,000 receiving yards this year. Right now, he is on pace for 2,102 yards. Would obviously shatter the standing record. What say you guys? Yep. I think he's going to do it, man. I think he's going to get the 2,100 yards. Maybe even 22. I think so, too. Okay. NFL overreaction or reality. He's going to do it against the Cowboys. He's going to do it against the Cowboys, Kevin, because who's going to stop him from running past him? Name one player that can keep up with him. How are they going to do that? Going to put Hooker at the 20-yard line and say, good luck? I say Deron Bland has three interceptions and gives up 300 yards in that game. (laughs) Are any of those for a touchdown? Yeah. All right, then hold on. No, the, the 300 yards or the interception? Both. That's what I was at. Okay. Four then touchdowns. You have answered a C block question for later in the day already. Three from Tyreek Hill, one from Deron Bland. Okay. And you can decide. And then he gets defensive player of the year and offensive player Ooh. of the year in one game. I don't. Okay. When will Deron Bland be considered for offensive player of the year? Does he have to have more touchdowns? Well, that's than, the thing. He has to do better than Tyreek Hill because that's his main competition. Okay. So that was actually my question is the first two candidates for offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Do you think either should be considered real candidates for the MVP? Like I I realize they're not at this moment. Like just if you look at the betting odds, but do you think they should be, or do you think this is just the way it is because of the importance of the quarterback? Tyreek Hill should, but the question will always go back to who threw him the ball. So that's why this is, this is kind of similar to the conversation about Micah and Dak, right? Where it's like, Hey, uh, you, you're not going to vote for both of these guys in this instance, which one do you, are you going to choose from? And the guy that distributed to the rest of the team is going to get the credit. So I think Tua would get the credit, even though Tyreek Hill's doing something special. And that's where that's where MVP has to be that conversation of are we deciding that it's he did something special this year like a running back finally broke the uh, the record or are we deciding that MVP is the most important to their team or just the best player on the field every single Sunday because it's always been Mahomes but sure. right now he's not having an MVP season sure and is that because of him or the garbage that's around him. That's that's the question. Yeah. Uh, so like that's the that's where uh, like the conversation of MVP every year changed a lot, but now it's more like, hey man, it's just it's the quarterback, and we'll figure it out from there. Somebody put on Twitch yesterday because I was talking about Kansas City, and they're like, oh, I thought you've kind of said that quarterbacks are supposed to uplift their wide receivers, no matter how good or bad they are, and I'm like. The SOB won the Super Bowl with those guys last year, and he's 8-4 and four with them. And I did throw out the stat that he leads the league. Mahomes passes lead the league and drops. I'm not saying. Yeah, you can't make him catch it. Yeah. So it's definitely at least, I would say, largely on his receivers. If you want to give some of the blame to Mahomes, okay. But I think a lot of it goes on the receivers. It's the way it is. Quarterback forever in the MV forever. Okay. Now I will say this: if he goes for twenty five hundred yards, 
Oh. I think he has a chance. Uh, if a running back runs for 2,500 yards in a season, I think that they have a chance to win the MVP. But at this point, I think that Tyreek Hill would have to go. You said he's on pace for 2,100. If he goes for 2,500, I think he has a real chance to win the MVP. Even though, and I just want to make sure, I think I already know the answer. Even though 2,100 would break the all-time record, you're yeah, like, not buying games. Up. Okay, if he broke it by 16, would that make any difference? Yeah, I think if, if there were 16 games and he had 2,100 yards, I, I think it makes a difference. And I have to go to a much larger number because, yes, Emmett Smith used to win the MVP, and so did Adrian Peterson. But I don't know. Who was the last human being? Was it Adrian Peterson? I think it was because when Corey said, if you break the running record, I was like, man, was Adrian Peterson breaking 2,000? One the last point, a redskin won the uh, MVP for kicking the football. Yeah, Brock Purdy is also on a historic run offensively with San Francisco. So that's another thing that stands in that way is two historic runs. Right. Maybe you're, you're probably going to give it to the quarterback. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. All right. Corey, this question, I'm going to start with you. NFL overreaction or reality. D'Amico Ryans for the Texans is the coach of the year. Now, he would probably be the second favorite right now behind your boy in Detroit. Oh, behind Dan Campbell? I think. If Houston gets into the playoffs, I think that's more significant than what the Detroit Lions are doing. Like, maybe you should have given it to Dan Campbell last year, but you're not doing a makeup call for this year. What D'Amico Ryans is doing is very special. This dude, like, he changed the entire identity of their defense because he's really good at calling defenses. But on top of that, he got a rookie quarterback to do this. This is awesome. And if they, like if they make the playoffs, I think it's more significant than the Detroit Lions making the playoffs. Right now, I would probably vote for or Glenn, somebody else entirely. I would, vote, I would vote for today, Glenn McCarthy. Rose, Dan Campbell. Oh, but to your point, I'd vote if if the Cowboys win out and get the one seed, I'd vote for Mike McCarthy. But I can't vote for D'Amico Ryans today. They're not in the playoffs today, correct? Sure. I, I think that is correct. They're just they on the, the outside. Yeah, right? They're just on the outside looking in. Seven and five, great year. Now, if they make the playoffs, then I look at it and go, man, I think I'll vote for D'Amico Ryans. So I think that these last games of the year for the Texans mean a lot for him. But And I don't think the thing is, is if you go undefeated, most likely your deck's going to win the MVP. They probably aren't voting for also coach of the year and defensive player of the year. I don't think the Cowboys win all of the awards. So then D'Amico Ryans probably gets back in there as voters have to decide. I'm going to vote for a Cowboy. I'm not voting for the coach, the quarterback, and the linebacker. I, I will say the top eight right now, Kevin. It's yeah. it's Campbell, Ryan's like by plus fifty. So okay, so uh, pretty close. Ryan's is second, four fifty for Mike McDaniel. Shane Steichen at plus six hundred. I could see that. Then like I was sitting there going, where where are all like the veteran coaches that have been that are doing I, something special? Then it's Belichick. Sirianni, Shanahan, and Lafleur. I guess. Sean Payton at plus 2,000. I was going to mention Payton if they make the play. But McCarthy's not even in that conversation because the expectations are set here for the Cowboys to start, and then they just continually like fall from there. And right now, today, they haven't improved at all their status. Sure, They're sure. in the same position they sure. were last year. That That's very fair. Sean Payton is an interesting one because, man, he's been like in my face. Yeah. You know, I thought I'm- they were Done, done, done. I thought they would be a four to max six win team. They've already won six games, right? They're six and six. Yes. 
So he still had some weeding out to do in that place. You had to get rid of some guys and, and move on from some and figure out who really wants to be there. And this was in Colorado. No, that has nothing to do with weed. There's weed everywhere right now. That's a good point. Probably 5,000 people are listening to this show high. Nobody. I get not here in Texas where the governor said not on my watch. We'll see about that. I'm not sure. What do you think of the odds somebody on this floor right now has weed on them? By Alec, the way, there's another Alec, station on this floor. Are you weed free back there? I think I am. All right. Might have to ask Peyton Russell. He's back here doing some work. I don't know. <laughs> Peyton, uh, Peyton gets high. I don't know that to be the case. I don't know why you looked at me for that. I do not know I that know. to be I the mean, case. I mean, I know certain people that get high here, but I don't know Peyton that well. Yeah, I don't think anybody at, right now okay. on this floor, okay. I don't think anybody has brought it into this into the building. What about in four hours? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I did not expect both of you guys to say that. Fantastic. All right. Let's go from that to... The 49ers <laughs> the will win out. There, there's a lot of people for the A17. I like this one. I feel personally attacked. Are they personally attacked because they're like, I'm definitely listening right now. From like the they nine, felt like it was a challenge. From the 972, I'm period definitely high. Yeah. <laughs> no period. Yeah. <laughs> the 49ers overreaction or reality will win out the rest of the regular season. Ooh. Now, this is a little tricky because I assume they'll have something to play for in the last week, but maybe they don't. They're going to, I think, have to because isn't the Cowboys or the Eagles going to have three losses? I could see that. So, for sure. So if that's the case, they have to win. They they hold the tiebreakers, but they can't just lose and go to four losses. Yeah. Well, they would have to have the Eagles and the Cowboys both at four losses the last week of the season, and they have run the table with only three losses for that game not to matter. Okay, all right, and I understand where you're coming from that with that, Mike. They have three division opponents. Now, whether or not you think their division opponents are any good, that's a different story, but you know division games can be weird. Is uh, it against not the Cardinals? The Seahawks next, the okay. Cardinals after that, okay. and then the Rams to end the season. And we've okay. seen the Rams and the Niners yeah. have, you know throw fits against each other, but the big factor is... They have the Ravens December 25th at home. Now, that's I know it's a home game, but it is the Ravens, so that could probably be the, the most important awesome, one out of all that because I don't think the Commanders are doing anything. Sure. But the Ravens on, on Christmas Eve is an absolute that, – that's one you have to really pay attention to for if you're a Cowboys fan. Now, I, Wait, you said the 25th or 24th? 25th? Yeah. Is that Christmas Day? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Well, the Cowboys play Christmas Eve, right? That's yes. true. And by the way, I'll be do, I'll be at Old 75 on Christmas Eve if you want to come out and hang out on for that one. I'll Will be you be giving out presents. You'll be at yes. church at 325? I think I'm I honestly think I am. What do y'all do at 325? Church is I like going noon. early. I like because okay. then I'll Oh, you do evening church too. Yeah, and then we go to my parents at like nighttime. Gotcha. Man, I have so many more questions about that. We'll pick that up another time. Overreaction or reality? Look, I, I, I realize there's still season to be played out. Brock Purdy will be the MVP. Oh, great. I think it's, I think it's overreaction right now. Okay. But uh, what he's doing, again, the numbers that offense is putting up is awesome right now. So it's very likely. If Dak goes undefeated, Dak gets it. <laughs> if Dak wins out, what if, Purdy, what if Purdy goes undefeated too? 
that will be tough because he beat them forty-two to ten. Yeah, they so both that be fourteen and three, right? Right, and so you'd have to look at it. And I think if that happens, I think the 49ers defense is going to dominate a lot of those. Even the Ravens, like the Ravens scoring twenty points, would be not a miracle against the 49ers, but that would be quite a few points. I think the Cowboys are going to be in a high thirties to to low 40 shootout with Miami. That game's going to get into the mid-30s. The Buffalo game will probably weather dictates a little bit there, but that game will get into the high 20s to mid-30s. I think this game Sunday night's going to get into the high 20s to possibly 40 points. So I think wow. the Cowboys games coming up here, even Detroit, I think in a way can score mid-20s to maybe 30 against the Cowboys. So that means if you're going to win these games, Dak's going to have to put up 30 to 40 points in the next four games on a consistent basis. I don't think Brock Purdy's going to have to do that to win his games. I got so you. if they're both 14 and three, I think Dak's numbers will trump Brock Purdy's numbers. But if he loses one game and Brock wins out, then yeah, Brock will win the MVP. Do you think the... 52 and a half over under for Philly Dallas is a little low. I do wasn't the final score 31 to 26 the last game? Am I right about that? Ooh, I think help us it out was 20, 23. Okay. I thought which is like obviously that's 51 so you're right on the edge. Mm. All right, let's talk about the Eagles a little bit more. I hope you say reality. NFL overreaction or reality, the Eagles will lose the NFC East. Ultimately, I would bet on the, if you're making me bet money, yeah. I bet on the Eagles because I think they're going to lose Sunday night. They still have the tiebreaker, and at that point, their schedule is just pretty cake. And the Cowboys, to go to, to, go to Buffalo, to go to Miami, just seems like you're going to go one and one in that situation. I think... Uh, this is interest. I'm not going to say that. I think it's an overreaction. Okay. But I do think it's ish interesting if you look at the way that defenses are pl- going to start playing the Eagles here at the end of the season. And, Kevin, we were discussing this this morning before we got started, and that is the shell coverage has become the staple against Philly, and they haven't figured out how to get past it. And this point of the season, if they haven't figured that out, when will they or will they at all? And is it going to affect Hurts that much? So maybe that could be it. I just appreciate- I won't be giving out weed at old 75. That's a fair question. But, Corey, I also like when people ask other questions it is and an they get that facility. answer in. Man, that Harbaugh brothers rematch, too. Like, that's not even. And he goes, but I'm also high. And so I, I appreciate that you're trying to work in some sports information there. Somebody said, I'm not ever. But if you listen to you guys enough, it'll make you wonder. I hear you. I really, really do. Is Well, I know people are disappointed now about that turn of events for Old 75. We'll see what it's we gonna, can do. It, dude, they got we'll great drinks. They got great food. It's an awesome facility. It's all outdoors. What could make it even better? And you know what? They I, Miller Lite also gives away Cowboys tickets at uh, Old 75 whenever okay. I'm there for away games. So Buffalo, Miami, I'll be there for Ooh. all that stuff. Now, the last one I've got for y'all is overreaction or reality, only one. AFC North team gets into the playoffs. Now, remember, just a few weeks back, they were all in a position to make the playoffs, but there has been a variety of difficulties for several of those. Who teams. said they were the best? Was it Tomlin or was it Harbaugh? I think Harbaugh. it was Harbaugh. Yeah, uh, not oh. the not the San Francisco coach. The- He's not that coach anymore. It's been quite some time. Says you. Um, the yeah, I mean, I think the Ravens can get in. 
I think it's too stacked now uh, with the the amazing AFC South saying staking their claim here. And I think the Browns and Bengals might be out, and the Steelers are really the, I, without their quarterback. Are they going? Is Mitch Trubisky going to lead them uh, all the way down the stretch here in the very he's, tough run? You think Kenny Pickett matters that much? I mean, That's nah. But it, but it's Mitch Trubisky. All right, Mike. You say <sighs> I'm pulling up the Steelers' schedule right now because it comes down to it. Feels like the Bengals are out. I guess maybe not after the Monday Night Football game. But it's so Steelers get- Patriots on Thursday. Is that going to be a three to three game? Yeah, that's right. the why. Why do you think the Patriots are scoring three? <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be a three to nothing game? That so- I think the uh, I think the over under is thirty right now on that. It and drops it's, another half point. Did you say it was the lowest one in like the last twenty years it's or something? Twenty nine and a half. Just think about that. The Eagles Cowboys is fifty two and a half. God. The, pa- the Patriots Steelers is twenty nine and a half. So the, I'm going to say yes, only one team gets in, but here's the but. The last game of the year for Pittsburgh is at Baltimore. If Baltimore has everything wrapped up and they cannot improve their situation and the Ravens sit out yeah. that game, then they'll get in. So does that, because yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm expecting it. that to be a loss. If that's a loss, the Steelers are out. If the Raven and they would lose that game if the Ravens are playing I have no clue who their backup quarterback is but if they're playing backup quarterback backup offensive line and give that game to Pittsburgh then Pittsburgh gets in we're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan coming up next it's time for baseball nuggets with Mike Bashak the Rangers get a reliever is he better than Will Smith next KNC masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan right now time for some baseball nuggets with Mike Bashak. All right, so the Rangers get Kirby Yates from the Atlanta Braves. Now, I don't know Kirby Yates. If you're listening during Crosstalk, I'm just repeating myself right now. But That was uh, like an hour ago. Though. I uh, was actually pretty good friends with his brother, Tyler Yates, who pitched in the major leagues. And we were roommates a little bit in Norfolk, Virginia, in AAA for the New York Mets. Good guy. Uh, I've told the story before about Tyler Yates, uh, Kirby's older brother, uh, is that when we were in Indianapolis in late August, he was getting called up to the major leagues in 03, and he had a bad outing or an outing he didn't like in Indy. Uh, He was a relief pitcher, uh, was a 100-mile-an-hour thrower, uh, and he punched the wall, and the wall won and broke his hand and so he didn't get called up in September so that was a $30,000 decision that Tyler made there which I'll always remember I always use as like no matter how mad you get try to not break your bones because it can cost you quite a bit of money you get it though right because Mike I think you and I are very similar in terms of wanting to punch the walls yeah I've never punched the wall but I've broken bats okay uh, so you used your head about it. Yeah, I've thrown things. I'm good at throwing things. Did you did you ever break a bat over your knee? Or did no, you just I like tri- slam it I, against the wall? I tried a few times, and it only takes one or two times when you can't do it to be like, it hurts really yeah. bad to try to do it. Does that make you more impressed by Bo Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. Now, at times, Bo and guys that are good at it have a little bit of a cracked bat. Okay. But... They can do it even when there's no, you know, splinter. 
uh, or fracture in it, which is amazing. Now, let's get to new pitcher for the Texas Rangers, Kirby Yates, on a one-year, $4.5 million deal. There might be, like, a few incentives yeah. to get it to, like, $6 million. I could see that uh, happening because he is a good pitcher. So, I wanted to compare him to Will Smith because I okay. do think he's taking Will Smith's spot. And so, if you look at their record, they're completely opposite. But record doesn't mean very much as a relief pitcher. Kirby Yates last year was seven and two. Will Smith was two and seven. Oh, blown saves! It felt like Will Smith had more than this. It did. Was it like five? It was five. Oh, I thought it was sixty. But I felt like <laughs> just that last there month, have, right? You yeah. come in into you come in into a tie game. There's no blown save opportunity. It's a tie game. If you lose the game, right, seven losses. Some of those times you get a loss coming into a tie game. But uh, Kirby Yates had three blown saves. Now, Kirby Yates was never the closer for the uh, Braves. So he wasn't getting a lot of opportunities to finish games in, in, in uh, closing situations. 3-2-8 ERA for Kirby Yates last year. 4.4 ERA for Will Smith. Now, I find this interesting with ERA. Kirby Yates' ERA in the first half was 3-2-4. His ERA in the second half was 3.33. And wow. he was healthy throughout the season, just like Will Smith was healthy throughout the season. Will Smith, first half ERA, 3.06. I'm going to stop right there. Without Will Smith's first half, the Rangers don't even Agreed. make the playoffs. Like Agreed. That's how valuable he was. He had 22 saves, I believe. I'm going off remembering his stats from an hour ago. And most of those saves were in the first half. So, Will Smith was very valuable to the Texas Rangers. 3.06 ERA in the first half without him. You probably have 10 less wins going into the All-Star break if you don't have Will Smith on your team. What's your guess for second half ERA? Six? Eight? Uh, now let's go nine and a half. Okay. Six, one, two. So he doubled like his, he literally there. doubled his ERA from 306 to 612. Wow. So here's another thing, too. If you're worried about strikeouts, the Rangers did struggle to miss bats for the most part in their bullpen. Well, Kirby Yates last year had 60 and a third innings pitched and had 80 strikeouts. Will Smith had 57 and a third innings pitched and had 55 strikeouts. So almost one per uh, inning for Will Smith. And well, more than one per inning and 60 and a third, 80 strikeouts for Kirby Yates. Now, there's a big difference. One's right-handed, one's left-handed. You're getting a right-handed relief. Uh, that's why when I look at this, I go, hey, the one thing that Will Smith had throughout the season is he had a better whip. So if you look at Kirby Yates, I don't have it pulled up, but he's going to walk more guys. In fact, his batting average against was good. There's a, there's a lot of good okay. when it comes to Kirby Yates. The one thing is... What do, you, do you need his walk numbers? Is sure. that what you were looking for? Last year, his walk numbers, he had 37 in 60 innings. Right, that's bad. Yeah. Just to, I'm, that's I'm not, not going what to he traditionally has. Here. Right, that, He's not typically like that, but last year was. And he is getting of the age that you have to wonder how much is left in the tank. When you get to 35 years old and he's 36, you have to start going, all right, there's going to be a drop-off. Craig Kimbrell signing with the Baltimore Orioles. There's a drop-off. Craig Kimbrell yeah. has had a steep drop-off, but he was way better than Kirby Yates ever was. 2019, Kirby Yates led uh, the National League in saves with 41. Kirby Yates was a very good closer in 2019. As he's gotten into his mid-30s, 
there's a decline. There's going to be a decline. Araldis Chapman. There's been a decline in Araldis Chapman's career. But I want to bring up Araldis Chapman here real quick. Because Will Smith most likely is not bring, being brought back by the Texas Rangers. And you're signing Kirby Yates to kind of take the spot of what Will Smith did last year. If you need an emergency closer, he can do it. Uh, but you'd like to use him more in kind of the seventh, eighth inning role along with Spores and along with, oh gosh, I'm going to say Jonathan Hernandez. Right now, I'm going to be honest. Jonathan Hernandez still scares me. He did not last year at the end of the year because of injury and lack of production prove that he's ready to go back and handle major outs in winning situations. Agreed. But right now, Kirby Yates, you're hoping he can do that. But I don't have a lefty. For some reason, Brock Burke didn't have a horrible year. He didn't have a bad year, but it didn't seem like Bruce Bochy really trusted him. And, and I don't know why, right? That's a personal yeah. thing on, on why Brock Burke the year before, and let's face it, Maybe Brock Burke, because there wasn't any pressure in 2022. You lost 90 games or whatever it was, 90-plus games. There wasn't as much pressure of, like, hey, no, like, we're competing for a playoff spot here. There's a lot more on the line, and there's a lot more winning situations than losing situations. So I'm kind of for bringing Araldis Chapman back, because if you don't, I would throw out the question to you two guys, who is the lefty that you want coming into the game? And that is Cody Bradford forever. I mean, you could. I still think they're not giving up on him as a kind of fifth starter. I understand that. I just loved how he would come in for an inning and shut it down. Yeah. He gave up one home run in the playoffs. That was it. Other than that, he was awesome. He was was solid. I wonder if they see him and Dane Dunning as more of your fifth, sixth inning guys right now. Because even still, I wouldn't have thought. Like, we joked about John Gray out of the bullpen. We didn't know they were actually going to do it, you know? Like, there were moments where – so, I don't know, man. Yeah, That's why I'm just throwing out a wild-ass name. Yeah. I And this is where I struggle, Mike, because I don't have a good replacement for you. I just – I'm not in the camp of I want to roll this Chapman to be the guy, especially at $6 million. I look at last two months of the season, his ERA went up more than a run. And if you look at the playoffs, I, I understand, like, there's a difference between looking at the box score and looking at the game. His whip was one and a half in the playoffs, which is not great. And it felt like more often than not, he came in in a situation where he could not complete his job. I know his job was not to finish out the game, but it felt like multiple times against Houston, he came in and could not complete the task that was assigned to him. Derek Holland. I do think, well, he's rehabbing. I do think, though, you're confused at what $6 million gets you in the major leagues. Yesterday or t- or this morning, Victor Caratini, who I'm going to tell you, I have no clue who this guy is, but he's been in the major league since 2017. He just got two years and $12 million by the Houston Astros. He's their new backup catcher, so Fat Maldonado's out. Oh, no. Uh, 259 batting average last year with seven home runs and 25 RBIs. That's $6 million a year in Major League Baseball. And if you look at his career, 236 batting average. He has 38 home runs in six years in the Major League. So I do think $6 million isn't bad. Like, if you're a good reliever, you're getting 12 to $20 million. So I'm kind of paying about half of what, like, if you want a Stevenson. Like, and I would rather have Stevenson than Aroldis Chapman. Do not, I don't want to. 
for people to think that. But I just look at it and go, dude, it costs $6 million for a dude who you're projecting to bat 250 with 7 to 10 home runs. Now, I know that's a totally different position than reliever, but relief pitchers that are good now are 10 to $15 million. Guys that are on one year, hey, I think there's something left. Kirby Yates are $4 to $8 million. So I feel like I'm putting Araldis Chapman in that, hey, if he hurts you, if he doesn't have anything left, it didn't really cost you anything. Now, to your point, if Araldis wants, and he might, I don't know, if Araldis Chapman wants $10 million, Then I'm like, I'm not in that market. And maybe there's nobody in that market. Like, we know the Yankees aren't going to want to roll this Chapman. We know the Astros, I don't think, are going to want to roll this Chapman. Uh, I think that there's certain teams that are playoff teams that are kind of out on a roll this Chapman. But I don't know. Could a team like the Royals go back after, I'm not saying specifically them, go back after a roll this Chapman and go, we're just signing them to get a prospect. We'll give them $8 million. Two more million than, let's say, the Rangers are willing to give or a few other teams. Because we think if we use him sparingly yeah. and in favorable roles, a team in July, like the Rangers, are going to say, we'll give you Cole Reagans for Araldis Chapman. And now we just bought a prospect for eight, really $4 million because the team has to take on half of the Part salary of, yeah. of the year. So it'll be interesting. The Rangers have added a pitcher to their bullpen. I don't think they're done there. And when we get to Mike Likes, it, I'll probably talk a little bit more about Juan Soto and what's kind of going on around Major League Okay, Baseball. I might have something for you, Juan Soto, coming up in just a little bit right. as well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 